Welcome to Real Quick. I'm Kristen, VP of Brand at Help Scout, the company behind In The Works. In this installment, I'm chatting with women who weren't afraid to build businesses for people like themselves, even when it felt risky to lead with their identities. In this episode, I'm excited to chat with Jolene Delisle, the founder of the branding agency, The Working Assembly, about how she empowers other women and founders of color through creative partnership. I just wanted to start by saying hello, and uh, I'm just so excited to meet you. I took a look at uh, your website, and all of your work is just beautiful um, and so intentional and thoughtful, and I just I just appreciate it so much, and I'm excited for us to talk about what you do and the magic that you bring to so many brands, and I'd love to just kind of hear what that founding story and mission was for you. Yeah, for sure. So um, I started the company, The Working Assembly, in 2017. Uh, Before 2017, I had been informally kind of consulting and working with brands and founders directly while also balancing kind of a full-time job and position. In doing that work, I realized there was a lot of founders who needed help that was that kind of just went beyond my current bandwidth and what I could provide doing it like kind of, um, you know, on the side that there was you know, there was a there was a chance to be able to work with them kind of deeper. And I was really excited and more passionate about doing that than I was the kind of work I was doing day to day with kind of larger corporations. I think when I became pregnant with my daughter in 2017, it really just kind of amplified the need for me to make that shift and leap to be able to kind of fully like invest in kind of creating and starting the company versus, you know, really trying to balance and do both. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about this piece of transitioning from doing large client work to being able to be really selective with the types of founders and companies that you are able to support. And I would imagine that that was very motivating for you in terms of like being more aligned with the mission of the people that you're working with. Can you just talk a little bit more about how you worked once you found that alignment? I think that oftentimes, you know, when you create a company, you can think about what your success metrics are. And for me, it's never been about, you know, money or really this idea of like scale or fame in any way. It was really about, you know, what are the things that really are motivating and gratifying about the work that I do um, and that we do every day. And for me, that was really working with companies that whose values we really align with, whether that's um, women, working women and finding ways to support them. Because, you know, when you can provide um, brand work and create a foundational support, you're providing better access for those women to then be able to fundraise and to be able to scale their companies. So for me, that was super important. Working with founders of color as a woman of color, I feel like, you know, that was, there's so much homogeny that's happening within business. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we create more diversity and representation um, at the board level and the founder level? You know, so working with founders of color who are creating the next you know, consumer innovation, the next, you know, fintech company and, and really trying to create a kind of a more equitable world by, by leading it. Um, that was super empowering and important, but to your point, like it's difficult to get to that stage of where you want to be kind of this idyllic stage of being able to work with clients you truly care about, you know, without, without also balancing that out with, you know, your bottom line, which a lot of that really also came down to working with clients that we were really excited about and wanting to work with us on a larger scale too. So we do have enterprise clients. I want to dig into something that you said around empowering founders of color 
to have better brands and how that really enables their future as a business and as a company? How can you really leverage that creative spirit to combat some of those barriers that folks may have or even bias that you might experience? So, I mean, there's a lot of statistics that support what I'm about to say, which is that you know, founders of, of color are probably the least invested group of people, even below women. You know, one thing that is really true about building a business is one of the things that everyone always says, which is it's all about who you know. But if you know no one, it's very difficult to um, to kind of build and scale a company. You have to really do it from the ground up and, and the barriers are even harder and twofold when you're a founder of color and maybe you didn't have like kind of access and network of generations of people who have who have been entrepreneurs or sold businesses before you. So part of what we're able to do is give people access to a network of advisors and networks of really, really smart people to help kind of augment and support their team. We're also able to help them really understand kind of the process of workflow of creating and bringing a brand to market because we've done it now so many times. That's awesome. Now, I know you said you started this as a side hustle, but I've heard that you also have another side hustle now that involves some ice cream and candy, some sweet treats. Can you tell us a little bit more about cherries? Yeah, so it's interesting because one of the things I always say to young people who I meet about professional careers is that I always was taught that, you know, work was linear. Like, you know, you you graduate, you get a good job, you get another good job, you kind of continue and move forward. And I think for me, like where my life has really kind of been the most exciting, where I've seen the most like excitement as far as my career has been when I've taken challenges and risks. So one of the challenges and risks I took was, you know, starting the working assembly, taking that from a side passion to something full time. Um, And then I moved part time upstate in upstate New York, uh, we call it upstate, but it's really like more like mid-state, about two hours outside the city um, during the pandemic. Um, you know, it was a really scary time. I had both my kids. My daughter was three. My son was one. I mean, we would drive by this ice cream store all the time. It was it was one of the only places that was open during the whole pandemic. And, you know, it just became a place that was like a little bit of a refuge. And we really, I always thought that it was just a really great spot in town. And I would go to this ice cream store and I would like meet people and just hang out in the parking lot. And I was like, it was just a great place to go. And when I saw that the owner was putting up for sale, I just immediately just kind of felt like this was like the next thing for me. I was like, I need to buy this place. And so I put an offer, I met her and I kind of told her about what my vision is for the place, which was really to be like a community hub and be, of course, an ice cream stand, but really be a place that could be a bridge for locals and tourists and people who are like kind of traveling up there and to be a place where kids could come to and and feel like they have a place that they really enjoy and love to to hang out in. And so one of the spaces that um, I'm building next is actually another building on the same lot, which will be um, a place for events and art classes and also for, um, it's going to be a candy shop as well. And so Um, The idea is to give, you know, um, access for, you know, either free or subsidized art classes to local kids who maybe don't have as much arts in their local programs. Public arts was a huge part of my upbringing. Um, I actually came to the country. I didn't speak any English when I was adopted. And I came to the country when I was seven. And, um, you know, art was like my biggest expression way that I communicate with people. It was my outlet was also like my catharsis. It was just everything for me. And it's also what kind of made me so obsessed with becoming a storyteller and a visual artist. And so for me, if I can give that back and and make sure that 
other kids have access to art, maybe that don't have it is, is something I feel like is really what is meant for me to do is like a next thing. Real quick, most used app on your phone. I would say, um, sorry, TikTok. Last TV show you binged? Uh, we Crash. Another founder you admire? Peter King of Barrel. He's a, he owns a really amazing web design agency. 